0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Stories of Esses. I'm Gabby.
1: And I'm Daniel. Hello.
0: Hello, everyone. I hope you all had a great week. How was yours?
1: Really good. Labor weekend. We had some fun. Went to the lakes in Michigan.
0: It was quite, quite the great weekend. Um, I hope you guys are all very excited about the content for today. It's going to be a long one. So enjoy. Here we go. Uh, The sources for this week are TheTimelineGeek.com, ScreenRant.com, Vox.com, Papers, The Power of Sansa Stark, a representation of female agency in late medieval England by Daniel Alacy, and Feminist Psychological Analysis on Sansa Stark in television series Game of Thrones by Sibylla Ardianur Farisar. So if you didn't know, today we're talking about Queen of the North, the Queen of My Heart. Sansa Stark.
1: All right. I mean, I didn't even know, like, look at all those sources. They're like psychological analyzers on Game of Thrones.
0: Oh, yeah. If you didn't know, uh, a lot of universities, fellow psychology student here, do that. They ask you to um, do a psychological analysis of a celebrity um, because there are so many resources and sources about them out there. Um, so it's something that you do in the university.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Cool
0: yeah so we're gonna start today with the timeline uh so spoiler alert for those of you who haven't read
1: game of thrones or watched game of thrones
0: uh you might want to skip this episode however if you're a fan of spoilers and or you watched or read the series please continue to listen so let's start with the timeline before the season begins, season one, Sansa Stark is technically the oldest child of Ned Stark and Caitlin Stark.
1: Right. I mean, that makes sense. And then it's like Jon Snow, right?
0: Oh, I'm kidding. Rob is the oldest. Sansa's the oldest girl. And then there's Jon Snow. But, Jon. He's not really their son. <laughs> then um, she has a little sister named Arya. And she has brothers um, Brandon, known as Bran, and Rickon. And when she's five, they get a ward, Theon Greyjoy. And they he comes to live with the Stark family as a hostage following the Greyjoy Rebellion. And then right after that, the youngest is born. Rick and, uh, to Ned and Caitlin. So season one, she is 13 and this is called the little dove. So as we go through the entire seasons, uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about what's going on. And then I'm going to give you something that was Sansa's way of telling us the story within the story which was Through What She Wore. If you remember the very first season, she's really into sewing. She's really into making her dresses and wanting to tell the story that way. That was how they could. So her costumes are very important because they tell you where her allegiance lies. They tell her what's inspiring her. They tell her, they tell us, A lot more about Sansa's own personality than what we see as the viewer or as the reader.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't remember a lot. I mean, I saw everything and I read most of the books. But what mainly stick to me from like the first season was that Sansa was like really obedient when it came to rules. And very much like, oh my God! Like we can't do anything like that. Our nanny said we can't. And Arya was, or is exactly a rebel, counterpiece to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So, how does season one start? After watching their father execute a deserter from the Night's Watch, the family found a litter of five direwolf pups. Sansa named her direwolf Lady, which just already tells you so much. King Robert Baratheon and his family arrived at Winterfell. Robert persuaded Ned Stark to accept the post of Hand of the King. Ned reluctantly accepted, um, and it was also agreed that Sansa would be betrothed to Robert's eldest son, Joffrey. Sansa's brother, Bran, witnessed Jamie and Cersei Lannister having sex after climbing to the top of the tower. For those of you who don't know, Jamie and Cersei are twins. Jamie pushed Bran off the tower, hoping the fall would kill him. Bran survived, but was paralyzed and ho- had no memory of what had happened. Sansa and her sister Arya went with their father to King's Landing. So they're all the way up in the north. If you don't know the Game of Thrones geography, they went up from the north a little bit down to the south. Sansa was walking with Joffrey when they came across Arya play fighting with Micah. Joffrey, taunted Micah and Arya, struck him with her wooden sword. Joffrey was furious and drew his sword. At this act of aggression, Arya's direwolf, Nymeria, attacked Joffrey and bit his arm. Arya and Micah ran, and Arya sent her direwolf away. The children were called before the king to explain what had happened. Joffrey said that the attack was unprovoked, while Arya stated what had really happened. Sansa didn't want to accept Joffrey because they're now engaged or betrothed, and so said that she was not sure what had happened. Cersei ordered for Nymeria to be killed, but when the direwolf could not be found, Cersei ordered Sansa's direwolf should be killed instead. Sansa was furious with her sister Arya and her father for allowing the death of her direwolf lady. Sansa's father gave her a doll to try to make up for the loss of her direwolf, but this only made sansa more angry since she no longer played with dolls i mean she's 13 come on dad sansa stark attended the hands tournament she saw sandra clegane known as the hound for the first time peter baelish known as little finger told her that his brother gregor had burned his face sir loris tyrell gave sansa a flower before defeating Cle- gregor clegane known as the mountain joffrey gave sansa a pendant as an apology for the death of her direwolf you're like sorry I... am a spoiled brat. Here's... here's a pendant. Sansa was very angry with her father and told her that she was going to return to Winterfell and that her engagement to Joffrey would be broken. Then King Robert died, so Joffrey's dad. Sansa's father attempted to reveal the truth about Joffrey's parentage but was betrayed by Littlefinger and arrested. Cersei agreed to be lenient with Sansa's father on the condition that she wrote to Rob, Sansa's older brother, telling him not to avenge his father's death. After agreeing to admitting his guilt, Ned told a packed public square that he was guilty of treason. Joffrey then demanded his immediate execution by beheading. Sansa screamed and tried to run to her father, but was restrained to stop her doing so. Joffrey forced Sansa Stark to look at the severed head of her father after telling Joffrey that maybe her brother Rob will take his head. Joffrey told Marin Trant to strike her. The blow drew blood. And that was just season one.
1: That's crazy. I didn't even remember all of that stuff happening. I mean I knew that they like decapitated Ned Stark, but like all the other stuff. I didn't know that Bran was falling on the tower like in the first season. Crazy. Yeah. So many, so many books, so many episodes. Can't remember them all.
0: I know. I read all the books. Well, technically I listened to all the books. Oh my god let me tell you the person who read those books true artist because that is hard and i watched the show and i'm a fan so let's talk about the costumes of season one specifically to Sansa. so the show was built um the show has built a world that relies on color and symbols because it has all those sigils right like N- how stark has the direwolves and then the baratheans have the stag and the tyrell um the lannisters have the lion so and they all have different colors And it's to tell the story and it's carried through to the character's wardrobe in painstaking detail. Sansa in season one is incredibly naive with aspirations of being a queen and dreams of escaping the chilly dank castle in provincial Winterfell and presumably the dirty shapeless furs she wears there. Conveniently, the show establishes early on that Sansa likes to embroider. So that sets her up for for many more seasons of sending stitched FUs to various people. So with her clothes, she's telling, I like you, I don't like you. Or this is my favorite house or this is my favorite person or this is my allegiance so quick parentheses i don't know if you remember but house of the dragon do you remember like the prequel to game of thrones
1: yeah
0: do you remember how the the girl that was rhaenyra's friend and ended up marrying her dad no i
1: don't
0: (laughs) she comes in and her house colors are green and the targaryen colors i forget what they were but she comes in like makes a huge statement and she's wearing all green So back then like in this historically fictional medieval era clothes were like a big way of showing who your friends were
1: oh yeah of course and like your wealth as well and your wealth exactly
0: so in the first season at winterfell sansa wears a lot of light blue and gray nods to both sides of her heritage the gray is practical and the blue could signify her mom's family the tullys who live at the intersection of two rivers sansa's mom caitlin was fond of fish clasps dragonflies show up frequently Um, as detailed by Michelle Carragher, the show's embroider. The symbol appears in many of Sansa's outfit throughout several of her incarnations, including in jewelry, embroidery, and clasps. Fans have theorized that this is a reference to a tale within the Game of Thrones world about the Prince of the Dragonflies, a story about a Targaryen and a commoner named Jenny. Like all of stories in Westeros, it does not end well. The prince gives up his title to marry Jenny and then dies. But young Sansa, before she meets the sadistic King Joffrey, and also the sadistic Ramsay Bolton, was a romantic. I mean, she's 13. Sansa's hair is constantly reflecting the people she's learning from or mimicking or inspired by at the time. Queen Regent Cersei is a huge impact on Sansa. Sartorially, yes, but also by helping Sansa realize that the royals are basically a bunch of conniving, sneaky people. She learns their ways, which includes styling heavy draped fabrics with metallic belts and pulling her hair back with a skinny, loose twist. Season 2. She's 14, and this is her as the little bird. At the beginning of Season 2, Sansa was giving a handmaiden, Shay, and she was able to confide in her. At Joffrey's name day celebration, Sansa persuaded Joffrey to spare the life of Dantos Holland. Following Robb's victory at the Battle of Oxcross, Joffrey ordered that Sansa be stripped and beaten. Sansa Stark accompanied the Lannister family to the port to say goodbye to Mycela, who was leaving for Dorne to be married. On the way back to King's Landing, Joffrey was struck by an excrement thrown by someone in the crowd. Joffrey demanded that his guards kill everyone present, prompting a riot. In the confusion, Sansa was separated from the Lannisters and dragged away, and she was almost sa but was saved by Sandor Clegane. Sansa told Shay that she hated Joffrey, but Shae warned her never to repeat that again. Sansa Stark was horrified to discover that her period had started because this meant that she could now bear children. She tried to remove the bedsheets and destroy the evidence, but was discovered by the Hound. Sansa was brought before Cersei, who talked to her of motherhood. During the Battle of Blackwater, Sansa showed herself to be braver than Cersei as she spent time keeping the people calm and optimistic while Cersei just drank wine. Sansa Stark returned to her chamber where she discovered the Hound hiding. He offered her to take her north, but she refused, hoping that since Stannis was winning the battle, she would be restored to her family. Reinforcement by Tywin Lannister and House Tyrell meant that the Lannisters won the Battle of the Blackwater. And the Lannisters are um, alliances with uh, the crown. So King Joffrey. Sansa attended the ceremony where Joffrey rewarded those who took part in the Battle of Blackwater. Tywin Lannister was appointed Hand of the King to replace the injured Tyrion. Peter Baelish was created Lord of Harrenhal while Loras Tyrell was granted a wish. He requested that Joffrey marry his sister, her sister, his sister, (laughs) Marjorie, and Joffrey accepted. Sansa was happy that she would have she wouldn't have to marry Joffrey, but she was warned by Peter Baelish that her situation could be worse since she could become Joffrey's plaything. He told Sansa that he would help her return home. And there's nothing here that really changes with the costume, but in the personality of Sansa, she's still remaining strong and kind and she's growing to be even more wise, right? Than when she was at 13.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember Peter Baelish was like a very cheesy character, like in the books but as well like in the series so mm-hmm. and I think he kind of played her a lot like used her a lot and she didn't really realize because i think she was kind of happy that someone from like this circle of royals would like yeah someone that was like her. being her friend right which yeah. we'll
0: talk more about that all right coming up right. season three age 15 Sansa is now becoming lady stark so she's growing up she's she's different Sansa stark in the beginning of the season is sitting by the dock with Shay, and Peter Baelish asked to speak to her and told her he could secretly take her away if she wished. Sansa was invited to lunch by Marjorie and Elena Tyrell, the grandma. They asked her about Joffrey, and Sansa told them that he was a monster. Marjorie came to talk to Sansa while she was praying and suggested that she could marry Loris Tyrell, her brother. Cersei discovered the plan to marry Sansa to Loris, and Tywin Lannister decided that Cersei should marry Loris while Tyrion should marry Sansa Stark. Sansa Stark was married to Tyrion Lannister, a marriage neither party wanted. During the wedding feast, Tyrion sat and got drunk, which embarrassed Sansa. Joffrey then offered to come to Sansa after Tyrion passed out from alcohol. Tyrion quickly took Sansa away from Joffrey after threatening him. Sansa Stark was devastated to learn of the death of her mother and Rob at the Red Wedding, and also that the event had been orchestrated by the Lannisters. And in this analysis, we learn that Cersei figures out who her real friends are, but most importantly, who her real enemies are. So she realizes that Cersei is not a great role model and doesn't have her best interest at heart, even though she's like, "Oh, I'm going to teach you everything about being royal, being a mother." Um, Sansa's like, mm, "I don't think so," and she becomes friendly with Marjorie, who is clearly outsmarting Cersei, which you wouldn't think so because Cersei is very like quick to judgment. She's very sharp tongued; like she says what's on her mind, and she's very forward about it. And Marjorie is playing chess.
1: <laughs> but I think that's also part of like her grandma being behind her, basically coaching her to that do is true. those things because she's been in the game for like…
0: She's outlived a lot of people. I don't,
1: know, I don't know. I mean, I didn't even know people could get that old back in those days. Oh
0: yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sansa is still, even in season three, leaning into dragonflies as seen on the clasp of her totally unassuming and unremarkable grayish mauve cloak. So the color mauve is this combination of the gray and the red, right? She doesn't know where she really belongs. Is she a Lady of the North? Is she now part of King's Landing? What is she?" So that clothing is kind of this like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I am. I'm just trying to survive. So on Sansa's wedding dress um, with Tyrion, it's heavy on the Lannister imagery, featuring a lot of gold and a lion's head on the cloak at the back of her neck, the symbol of the family. You can see some amazing close-ups of its, characters, of its embroidery by character. She wrote that there are Tully fish and Stark direwolves entwined with the Lannister lion head taking over to establish dominance. The sleeveless shape of the dress and the peekaboo cleavage, though, that was pure inspiration from Marjorie. So even though she's wearing all this stuff for the wedding, she's seeing a different way of being through her friend Marjorie from the uh, Tyrell side.
1: Interesting. I didn't even know that they put like so much effort into the clothing and the stitching and the symbols on there. I didn't really pay attention to that. I don't know if you did like while you were watching it or if it's just known to you now because you read all of it.
0: Well, it became cl- clearer to me at the end of the series. um, And then even more so when we saw House of the Dragon, how much costume and wardrobe had to do with everything. Uh, because you think that what people are doing and people are saying is important. But what people aren't saying, but showing, is equally as important. It's like those subtle notes of, like I said in House of the Dragon, like she's wearing green, and she'd be like, what, green's my favorite color. But those who know,
1: mm-hmm. know. Yeah, that's, so I guess the clothing is always combined with a message somehow. Mm-hmm. Not
0: exactly. So let's keep going. Season 4, age 16, Sons of Stark as Elaine Stone. You'll know You'll know what I mean. Give it a second. Okay, let's go. Sansa was very depressed by the death of her mother and brother and refused to eat. After praying in the godswood, Sansa was followed by Dantas Holland who gave her a necklace as a gift for saving his life. Sansa Stark attended the wedding breakfast of Joffrey and Marjorie. Joffrey upset Sansa when he declared that the sword he was given as a gift from his father would remind him of Ned's beheading. After taunting Tyrion and Sansa with a staged pageant of the War of the Five Kings with each king played by a dwarf, Joffrey ordered Tyrion to be his cupbearer. Elena Tyrell put poison into the cup which she had taken from the necklace given to Sansa by Dantas Holland. Joffrey drank from the cup and then fell to the ground and died. The event is known as a purple wedding from the color of Joffrey's face. One of my favorite episodes.
1: Oh, hell yeah. I didn't know it was the f- fifth season? Fourth season. Fourth season, okay, yeah. Bro, well, quite late into
0: it. Yeah, it phase. took a long time yeah. for Joffrey to
1: find the right exit. <laughs>
0: serious. Dantos appeared uh, and took Sansa away, telling her that if she was found guilty of killing Joffrey, she would be killed. He took Sansa to a waiting ship that had been commissioned by Peter Baelish. Baelish then killed Dantos. You gotta tie up those, those ends. Peter Baelish told Sansa to adopt the identity of his niece, Elaine, and took her to the Eyrie, the home of her aunt and cousin. Sansa learned that Baelish had married Lisa Aaron. Lisa Aaron is Caitlin Stark's sister.
1: Those guys in the area are like, kind oh. of weird, though. Like, At least...
0: They're definitely... The queen win. and her son. Well, not the queen, the lady. The lady. Wait. She's not the queen.
1: Oh. Who's the queen? Marjorie. All right.
0: So it's lords and ladies, and then, like... The top boss is the king and the queen. Oh yeah,
1: I'm sorry, I meant like the lady. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I meant
0: lady. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sansa was annoyed by Robert Aaron after he knocked down a snow castle she had built. Peter Baelish found Sansa sitting in the snow and kissed her. The kiss was witnessed by Lisa Aaron, which I want to say, she's sixteen. He is well, well above sixteen. So he's
1: what's oh, going, sugar daddy, let's go. <laughs> no,
0: that's sort of grooming. <laughs> Lisa Aaron called Sansa Stark to explain the kiss and threatened her with death. Peter Baelish pushed Lisa Aaron through the moon door and she fell to her death. Summoned before Lord Jan Rice, Lady Anya Wainwood, and Sir Vance Corbray to explain the details of Lisa Aaron's death, Sansa Stark described her death as suicide caused by jealousy. So let's talk about the costumes in this okay, season. Give it to me. Cersei is certain that Tyrion and Sansa had something to do with Joffrey's murder. Littlef- Littlefinger, who had started to have the same feelings for Sansa that he had for her late mother, Caitlin, conveniently plans an escape, which leads us to her most pivotal incarnation. Dark Sansa so good so Littlefinger cosplay eventually leads to one of sansa's most iconic looks the so-called black crow dress it has black feathers on the bodice which extends to wing-like protrusions from her shoulders and fans have speculated that this was her way of throwing off the various condescending birds bird names she had been called cersei had referred to her as little dove and joffrey's bodyguard the count called her little bird and the reason why they use these feathers is because it was practical it's because that's what she would have had available So they're not only thinking about what message is she sending, but what kind of materials does she have ready for her?
1: Makes sense. I guess there are a lot of birds in the area, so why not? Mm -hmm. It was all black, right?
0: It was all black. Mm
1: -hmm. Very nice. Season 5. She's
0: 17. Peter Baelish took Sansa on a journey. They stopped for lunch at an inn where Brienne of Tarth approached Sansa and offered her service. Sansa declined her offer. Sansa and Peter Baelish continued their journey, and Sansa realized that she was to be married to Ramsay Bolton. Although she was reluctant to make the marriage, Baelish convinced her to go ahead with the marriage by telling her that she would be Lady of Winterfell. Then he left Winterfell, Peter Baelish. Sansa Stark was wandering wandering around Winterfell when she was approached by Miranda, Ramsay Bolton's lover, and taken to see the kennels where she finds Theon Greyjoy sleeping in the cage. He told her not to call him Theon. At this point, he thinks his name is Reek. Sansa dined with Ramsay and Roose Bolton, and Roose announced his wife's pregnancy. And this was a big deal because Ramsay was a bastard son so it wasn't with ruse bolton's wife he was like john snow mm,
1: but there were no kids so far that would have had like the right of no men succession. no no men no, men. no men. so the bastard would be
0: above the women. yeah and i think in this episode or in the season the dad gives him his last name and claims him as his son because if this if the dad didn't claim him his last name would be snow
1: right ah, okay so it was basically taken away from him
0: Yeah, exactly. Big time mad. Big time mad. And then Sansa married Ramsay Bolton, who then essayed her on their wedding night. During a heated discussion, Theon told Sansa that Bran and Regan were both still alive. Sansa tried to plan an escape, but was intercepted by Miranda. After an argument, Theon pushed Miranda off the battlements to her death. Theon and Sansa then jumped off the castle walls into the snow. So here is the turning point for Sansa. She stops letting things happen to her the way that she had before. And now that she's gone through so much, she starts seeing that inner strength within her. And that's shown in what she wears.
1: And her actions love that. Because previously, I think like through all the seasons of all the books, like she never actively participated. She was just a character that like, continued to be exposed to certain events that just happened to her. And she was in it for the good, for the bad.
0: Yeah, and, and she it. just had to adapt.
1: Right, yeah, she was constantly she was, adapting.
0: Exactly, and now she's on the offense. So here she dons a new accessory that was called Sansa's Needle. A chain links a large bifurcated circle, then hangs at a point. It is in fact a reference to her sister, Arya's trustworthy sword, needle. But also a reference to Sansa's suing proficiency. She's always used a needle to explain what's going on. Explaining the needle is a link between Sansa's relationship with her sister and her relationship with embroidery. Sansa has an epiphany when she wears the black crow dress. From that point onward, although she's still a victim in many ways, in her head, she's not a victim anymore. And this takes us to season six. She's 18, and this is Sansa Stark as the Red Wolf.
1: And season six is the last season, right? No. No, it's not. It is
0: not. Really? Really. Just wait and see. All right, let's go. Sansa and Theon were found by Bolton's men, but Brienne of Tarth and Podrick Payne arrived and killed Bolton's men. Brienne again offered her service to Sansa, who then finally accepted. Theon and Sansa parted company because Theon feared Jon Snow would not forgive him for his treachery. Sansa, Brienne, and Podrick Payne traveled to Castle Black, so up north. Sansa Stark and Jon Snow were reunited, but Jon declared his reluctance to fight for Winterfell. A message arrived from Winterfell. Ramsay Bolton had murdered his father and taken Rickon Stark prisoner. Jon declared he would secure his half-brother's freedom. Sansa and Brienne met with Peter Baelish. Sansa told Baelish of her anger at his arranging such a marriage for her. Baelish offered her armed help, offered her armed help, but she refused his offer. Sansa Stark and Jon Snow went before Leanna Mormont, iconic, to ask for armed help to defeat Ramsay Bolton. She eventually agreed to help. Sansa insisted that they should secure more promises of help from other families, but Jon favored attacking Winterfell immediately. Sansa wrote a letter to Peter Baelish, asking him for help, and sent it by Raven. Sansa and Jon met Ramsay before the battle to parley. Bolton presented them with the head of Rickon's direwolf, Shaggy Dog, to prove that he had Rickon prisoner. Before the battle, Ramsay released Rickon, telling him to run to his brother and sister. Ramsay then shot Rickon through the heart with an arrow, killing him instantly. The Battle of the Bastards went badly for Jon Snow and his army and it was surrounded when reinforcements from Peter Baelish and House Arryn arrived and won the battle. After the battle, Sansa told Jon that Baelish could not be trusted. Peter Baelish tried to kiss Sansa at the godswood, but Sansa turned away. A raven arrived from the citadel announcing that winter had arrived. The northern families met to discuss the situation and prompted by Lyanna Mormont, declared Jon Snow King in the north. And in this season, she's wearing her dragonfly clasps again. Ready for season seven? I'm ready, Season 7, age 19 Sansa Stark as Lady of Winterfell. Sansa Stark disagreed with Jon Snow over punishment for those that had fought against the Starks. Sansa Stark was given control of Winterfell and the North after Jon decided to accept Daenerys' invitation to go to Dragonstone. She began organizing the storing of supplies ready for the long winter. Sansa and Arya were reunited when Arya returned to Winterfell. Sansa was dumbfounded by the change in Arya, especially after seeing her sparring with Brienne. Sansa and Arya disagreed over the fact that Sansa did not defend Jon Snow but rather allowed the Veil vale Bannerman to intimate that maybe she should be queen. Sansa and Arya remained distrustful of each other. Sansa was upset when Arya showed her the message she had found and tried to convince Arya that it was written under duress. Sansa Stark received an invitation to go to King's Landing. She was persuaded by Peter Baelish to send Brienne in her stead. Brienne was concerned that she was being manipulated by Baelish, but Sansa insisted she go. Peter Baelish continued to drive a wedge between Sansa and Arya and told Sansa that Arya wanted her dead and to become Lady of Winterfell. Arya was brought to the Great Hall by Winterfell guards. Sansa then stated, you stand on trial for murder and treason. How do you plead? Lord Baelish. She then accused him of the murder of John Aaron, Lisa Aaron, and her father Ned Stark with evidence from Bran who had witnessed Baelish. Sansa then gave the order for Arya to kill him.
1: Well, that's the end of the story for Peter. Bye-bye, Peter. You ain't gonna miss
0: him. <laughs> We're not. Not at all. Someone so manipulative. mm
1: so here, Sansa's wardrobe
0: takes on the somberness that befits the situation at the end of season seven. She even breaks out a revamped version of the circular needle necklace, a nod to a new Sansa that simultaneously expresses pride in her identity as a Stark because she had always wanted to leave Winterfell and become queen, but now she's embracing embracing her Northern heritage and becoming a leader, but she's newly protective of herself too. Her clothing now becomes more like armor. So if you remember like the very first season, it's very like flowy and open and she's in the South and now it's like, we're at war. And this makes us, this now takes us, sorry, to season eight, age 20, the last season, as Sansa, Queen in the North.
1: All right, sounds good.
0: <laughs> Here we go. Sansa welcomed Jon, Daenerys, Tyrion, Brienne, Ser Jorah, Sandra Clegane, and those that had met with Cersei in the South as they returned to Winterfell. Sansa was not happy that Jon had sworn allegiance to Daenerys. Sansa apologized to Tyrion for leaving him on the day that Joffrey was poisoned. They just, like, shared hellos. Daenerys sought Sansa out and spoke to her, saying that they had much in common. Sansa asked for assurance that the North would remain independent, but Daenerys did not answer. During the battle for Winterfell, Sansa remained in the crypt with women, children, and those who could not fight. She and Tyrion spoke like old friends. After the dead entered the crypt, Sansa and Tyrion found themselves together behind a tombstone for a while. Sansa Stark attended the cremation of those that had died in the battle for Winterfell, and that was like the um way to prevent them from becoming White Walkers. Oh yeah,
1: I can remember that, and I have to say to tyrion and sansa i always like their dynamic they started off with like this weird couple but
0: like this forced relationship
1: yeah forced relationship basically and then they ended up kind of like consulting over a lot of things over time and
0: yeah i mean i think tyrion you know like his siblings bullied him and his dad bullied him and like everybody had something to say negative that he built this thick skin but he also was learning and he also was learning to be kind because People were never kind to him. And I think that Sansa, he saw a lot of him in Sansa, like a lot of things happened to him. And he wished that he could have had someone like him to like guide and talk to, and someone who was sane, because he couldn't do that with his nieces and his niece and nephews. Right,
1: yeah, there There were were a lot of things. They were
0: all being very manipulated by the parents Mm -hmm. and the
1: grandparents, like like what's going to happen. Exactly. And he's going to be like the bad guy no matter what.
0: Exactly, so. Further on, Sansa attended the celebration to mark the victory over the Night King. She shared a few words with Sandra Clegane. She told him that everything that had happened to her had made her who she is today. Sansa met with Jon, Bran, and Arya under the weirwood tree. Jon revealed his true identity after swearing the two girls to secrecy. Tactics were discussed on how to defeat Cersei. Sansa requested that any attack be delayed so that the men had time to rest and march to battle, refreshed. Daenerys angrily explained that she had lost her dragon and much of her army for helping in the defeat of the Night King and was not prepared to wait. Jon Snow backed her plan, Daenerys's plan. Tyrion tried to convince Sansa that Daenerys was the best choice to rule Westeros. Sansa then told Tyrion that there was a better choice. Sansa Stark learned of the destruction of King's Landing and the death of Daenerys Targaryen and traveled south. At a meeting of the leaders of the Great Houses, it was decided that Bran should be king of the Seven Kingdoms. All leaders agreed except Sansa, who insisted that the North remain a free land, and Bran, her brother, requested, granted her request. When she returned to the North, Sansa Stark was crowned Queen of the North.
1: Hey, hey. big thing,
0: honey. yeah. So in this season, the armor arrived in season eight before the battle of Winterfell, and she wore her ring and needle front and center as usual, which also reminded me a lot of like how her dad, Ned Stark used to wear his, you know,
1: furs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was wearing a furs, like with the chain in the mm-hmm. front, right? And she was wearing this necklace. Right? The, the circle. The like, mm-hmm. circle? Okay. Yeah.
0: The armor was made of leather rather than metal, but that was by design. Clapton told, um, it was not about protection. It was a statement. Sansa's armor is a direct reaction to Danny's assertion of power. Before Jon and Danny go off to King's Landing to address the Cersei problem, Sansa tops off her leather armor with a fur collared cloak, the traditional outerwear of Winterfell. So she not only like steps into this position of power, but she also steps into this position of choosing this identity,
1: representation, representation. she's
0: representing her family, she's representing herself, and she's not doing it because she has to. She's doing it because she wants to, because she feels proud, and that's amazing. So when we read all of this and we review everything that Sansa goes through from beginning to end, we are able to take a moment and review everything together as it is from the perspective of the outsider. For example, one of the papers I read focused on the environmental influences that trigger Sansa Stark's character development throughout the series. Specifically, even drawing back to the importance of her clothes, the, elaborated, um, the paper elaborates on Sansa and she played her survival instinct differently with another with any other female characters in the Game of Thrones series. and. This paper discusses how she as a woman suffered psychological and social inferiority which is caused by the dominance of the patriarchal culture in women's life and the limited role of women in social life. So a lot of women like you can see like Danny, Cersei, they're aggressive on the offense like they're killing people left and right um for the good for the bad like they're very very aggressive. And Sansa's way of becoming queen is not that way. She takes a very different route. Um and in another paper, I think the abstract like really like put it well, is that Sansa Stark has not been given the same type of credit as the other powerful and subversive women in Game of Thrones. Though she was yet to wield a sword or cast off her femininity in favor of more masculine qualities for power, she deserves recognition for her exhibition of traditional female agency. Sansa exemplifies the life of many medieval women, such as the English queen Elizabeth of York. A comparison between the two proves that in Game of Thrones, as in history, feminine does not mean weak. Sansa, especially in the books, is very aware of everything she doesn't have. And this fantastical idea of love and the tales of kings and queens especially in the appearance of the dragonflies that we talked about in the beginning she is in love with the idea of marrying a prince playing what the adults called the game and leaving her humdrum life but even after learning that everything really isn't what it seems she realizes that this game is dangerous and almost always fatal one of my favorite quotes comes up when she confronts little finger she says i'm a slow learner it's true but i learn This quote highlights how she survived how she not only learned to play this never-ending chess game but she learned to let the kingdom have their opinions but that them underestimating her would not would be nothing but their own failure and their own arrogance and ignorance the end of the series as we know it crown sansa's the queen in the north she learned Slowly, she adapted and reevaluated her plans, but she never surrendered. Her meekness was never weakness, and her journey through womanhood and leadership had the North supporting, the other houses supporting, and her family supporting by her side. Sansa started the series as a pawn many houses wanted to use, but in the end, she came out as the Queen of the North. Checkmate. And nice. that was all for today.
1: Really cool. I think first point that I have to take home, homework. Either read the books again or watch the series again. There are so many characters, the story is really great and You can put a lot of time into that. And the other thing is, I think, really cool character development there. Like, what happened in the books, but also in the series. Just, like, from being in this passive paralysis state Mm -hmm. of just being pushed around by whatever was happening to, to her and around her or with her by somebody to starting to be the one that's actually making the moves and keeps going.
0: Yeah, and I think that a lot of women can resonate with that and can identify, like, with that same feeling of, like, we live in a society where we are like people try to use us as pawns as you know like being objectified or sexualized or you know all these things and we could either take the route of like sansa in the beginning where she's just like i'm just gonna do what is required of me and marry joffrey and give him babies and be a queen and all this like beautiful fairy tale ideal that we get sold um and that's what we're promised Of like if you are just a wife if you are just you know quiet in in a corner and not participating you'll be fine But the reality is, is that like, if you just sit in a corner, life is just going to happen to you and you're going to learn the hard way, which so many people, so many people do, like so many of us do. And I think that it's so important that like in these stories where we see these women, like the women in these stories, especially in Game of Thrones are so badass. Like Cersei, incredible. Like she's so smart. She's evil for sure. She's very smart. And she tells them, she's like, I'm queen. Like I'm the queen and I'm smarter than everyone in this room, but you won't take me seriously just because I'm a woman danny has to you know fight her brother and gets like sold to this tribe and but she's the queen of dragons not her brother mm-hmm. she comes out as like the unburned like and she has these ginormous three dragons and without her they, they really couldn't win or get the advantage with the night king and then there's Arya who kills the night king and she goes on and she learns and the guy that like wants to like show her how to do things he's like there are specific rules and she was like where i'm from there are no rules sure. Like, this doesn't count. She's like, I'm going to learn what I need to learn and I'm going to go back home and I'm going to teach them what I know. There's like the red lady who like is influencing Stannis and his daughter who is also like keeping him like at the heart and center. Um, The women from um the other kingdom, I, or, I don't really remember, but where Mycela goes to get married and they end up killing her. Like all these women are the real chess players in this game. And you really, as a reader, don't really get to understand it until you see the whole picture together and you're like oh
1: yeah i mean every character played a certain role and contributed to the whole thing so take it into your own hand that's the only way you can decide what the outcome will be yeah. influence it. you and, never know what's going to
0: happen. i mean lady mormont she was like 14 or 13 she's a little girl and she's the one telling everybody what to do and she you know she's the one that's like we need a king in the north and then when john's like bye she's like fine we need a queen in the north and that's gonna be sansa yeah and that's like, such wisdom for such a young child, but she is very cutthroat and she helped unify the North even more so after, like, the Great Division. Uh, I think that we're not, like, women aren't plot devices, like, we are the main characters and without these main characters, we wouldn't have, like, such a great story. I mean, subtract all the women in the story, nobody would do anything.
1: (laughs) I guess, yeah, kind of hard.
0: I mean, like, imagine, like, if Cersei wasn't there, there wouldn't be a Joffrey or his siblings. Jamie wouldn't have a sister. Tyrion wouldn't have a sister. Uh, Robert wouldn't have a wife. If Caitlyn wasn't there, the Stark's wouldn't be there. I mean, like without women, like you don't get a lot of the story. You don't get a lot of the characters.
1: Yeah, obviously they are part of the story. You need them for
0: sure. Exactly. So I am so proud of you know being a Sansa Stark fan and an Arya Stark fan. Uh, especially like even the actresses. Like I have to say, my favorite video is them like driving in the car and they're like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'll link it right here. Put the video right here. And they're like, um, Becky, look at her butt. <laughs> it's my I favorite. Video. They're, they're very much like sisters. You could really totally believe it. And I think that that's where they underestimate women is. I, I read this thing or I saw this video. I don't remember what, because I read and watch a lot. But they were saying that the patriarchy is very much like this. And it's like dominance over the other person and over the other person over the other person. And then the reason why a lot of people are afraid of like, moving from a patriarchy to a matriarchy is because they would believe that that's like the same thing, but just like women on top and then like people on the bottom, anybody else on the like men on the bottom. And it's like, no, like in a matriarchy, like it's like very circular because you understand that, you know, you need everybody, especially like one of the things that a lot of people say is that like that is mostly known with like tribes and like children. Like there are tribes where like nobody really knows who the dad is. So everybody's a dad to all the kids. Everybody raises everybody. And it's especially true when people say it takes a village to raise a child.
1: It certainly has advantages, right?
0: Yeah, but I'm, and mostly in like the sense of like you need like a group of community of you know friends to like you know raise a child, but also like when it comes to a business, like you need a village to raise a business. You need a village to you know create those connections, that network. However, you want to put it, whatever your child is, it does take a village, and I think that it's very even, and that's what like Peter Baelish didn't understand. Like he thought it would be very patriarchal, where like it was like I just got to get them to go against each other, like Arya and Sansa. But Arya and Sansa are like this. And they caught on really quickly. And they're like, you're a fool for thinking that you could use the same tactics you use on you know, petty, ignorant people. On us. Where we can be together. Where we can understand that like, okay, Arya is the fighter. Arya is skilled with the sword. But Sansa is aware of the game. And you can have both sides and have both perspectives. And you really can't pit one against the other. You're gonna be the one that ends up failing and That's getting funny. eliminated off the chessboard so i hope that the story like brings a lot of memories back for those of us who were watching season eight real time in the dark in the darkest dark um i'm really looking forward to seeing more of house of the dragon hopefully next year
1: oh yeah they do send something out i mean i don't know like when they're going to release it Mm -hmm. do you know if they're affected from the strike that's going on at the moment
0: i'm not quite sure i have read that perhaps it will be summer 2024 so in a year um and then we can binge watch that show
1: if they release everything at once i guess they will drop like the episodes each week
0: each week which we we watched it that way last time
1: I also feel like it's more healthy to consume it that way. It's not like taking away a whole day or like two days of your week where you're just in your bedroom or in the living room watching that stuff and not doing anything productive. I enjoy like actively deciding to watch something to be like, hey, I'm looking forward to this one hour. That's fine. Let's go. And then you're like, okay, I'm done. Not like, Cliffhanger, I need to continue. I need to continue. I need to continue.
0: <laughs> I think both is fine. <laughs> moderation, even in moderation. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's it for today.
1: Okay, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I hope you had a good time. And as usual, we appreciate your support on our channels. And thank you for tuning in. Have a good one. Bye. Tschüss.